0: Welcome to the High Profit Event Show. My name is Rudy Rodriguez, founder of the Virtual Event Sales Team and WeMan Coaching Worldwide. We provide world class self support services with integrity. And on this podcast, we interview successful event leaders and service providers that have led or supported profitable events online and off. Each episode will run for about 20 to 30 minutes, so stay tuned.
1: Hey, this is Mark Moss. I am the host of the Market Disruptors live event that teaches people how to build financial sovereignty. I've learned a lot of lessons doing a couple events and I want to share three tips on what I've learned so you can do events better.
0: Hi, I'm Rudy Rodriguez and welcome to the High Profit Event Show. On today's episode, we have a very special guest, Mr. Mark Moss in the house. Welcome, Mark. Hey, Rudy. Thanks so much. Great to be here. Absolutely, brother. We're really excited to have you here on the show today, and I know you have a really interesting show topic, three things to consider before doing your next live event, especially given that you recently did one, and you got another one coming up in just a couple short weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a glutton for punishment, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, and before we jump in, I, I do, for those people who are listening who may have not have met you before, want to make a couple uh, bio points here. Uh, you know, Mark is an investor and an entrepreneur with a passion to learn and improve daily and educate others to help them make, avoid making the same mistakes that he made along the way. And uh, Mark, I know you have a track record of success, having founded seven companies, each growing them to past seven figures within the first year, and even had one of those companies uh, exit to a Fortune 500, which is really cool. And you have a huge background in real estate, having flipped over $25 million. Yep. in real estate. So, I mean, you got an amazing track record and you've taken those experiences and you brought those into the event space, teaching other people, you know, how to achieve similar results and avoid making the mistakes that you've made.
1: <laughs> yep. Well, um, you know, it goes back to just, um, like what is the value that you're trying to provide to the world and then how can you deliver that value? Right. So, um, If you look at, you know, a customer journey or like Russell Brunson talks about a value ladder or something like that. Right. So it's like, okay, here's what I have to offer. Um, I have, as you said, right, I have a lot of experience um, making a lot of money, losing a lot of money, a lot of experience both ways. They say smooth seas never made a skilled sailor. And unfortunately, success is a horrible teacher. It's the it's the pain and the less uh, of the lessons that we learn. So um, I have a lot of value to provide. I try to, uh, as you kind of said, I try to help people make more money, but also sidestep a lot of the, the problems that I've had. So, how can I provide that? Well, one, I can provide that through my YouTube channel, my podcast, my radio show, things like that. Um, If they want more from me, then I have like free reports and guides I can give them. If they want more from me, then I have memberships that they can, they can, they can, you know, join in and get even more from me. I have, you know, mastermind events, if they want to deal with me in small groups. And then uh, ultimately at the top is like, well, shoot, you want to come meet me in person and hang out with me and, and, and people that are like you that also follow me. And so then you have the event, right? So it's like, I'm always trying to provide the same value, um, just in different ways and different forms.
0: I appreciate you sharing that, man. And one of the things I appreciate about you that I've heard you say many, many times in our interactions is I'm a value first guy. Like we got to add value to them as much as possible before we ever ask for anything in return. And, and I, I see that, mindset, and that philosophy that goes through all of your marketing, all of your products, all of your offerings, everything is, you know, add way more value than you ask for a return. Um, Mark, you recently did an event this, like four or five months ago in November uh, in Florida, your first Market was Live, and it was a huge success. You had hundreds of people in attendance, uh, dozens almost of people joining. Yeah. yeah, almost 500. You had Uh, dozens of people joining your your high end inside line membership program, uh, which is an incredible uh, membership program. And, uh, and I'm curious, you know, you've you learned a lot of really interesting lessons along the way. Um, Can you maybe share a little bit about your journey as to what led you to host that first event? And um, kind of some of the advice you'd give to yourself knowing what you know now, back, back, you know, last November?
1: Well, um, what led to that event was, uh, as I kind of already said, right, to, and you highlighted, right, always always uh, provide value first. And so I'm always trying to think of, like, how can I provide even more value? And, and that's a really key point. And, um, you know, it's just one of my core values. It may not be everybody's core value, but, like, I just try to think about, like, I never want to put out any piece of content, whether it's a video, a podcast, an email, that somebody would look at that and go, Oh, well, that was a waste of my time. <laughs> like, I always wanted to provide value. Um, It's been a problem trying to scale my business and bring people on because they don't always think that way. And a lot of times they're sending out emails and I'm like, whoa, what is that? Like that doesn't provide any value. Like what are you doing? Right. And so it's a a tough because not everybody has that. That's the way I operate. It's one of my core values. I think it's the way everybody should operate. And so um, that that I would just uh, try to encourage everybody to do that. Um, I've just, you know, in sales, if you've been in sales at all, you've learned that uh, if I help other people get what they want, and then ultimately, I get what I want, and so it's that value first model. But um, yeah, so going to the event, I wanted to provide more value. Everybody wants to know how they can get you know closer to me and meet me and more access, et cetera. So that seemed like the natural uh, move. Um, some of the lessons that I learned, um, you know, I guess it depends. I, I, for me, a couple of things I kind of have been able to scale my businesses, as you said, I've scaled you know eight businesses to eight figures, seven eight figures within twelve months, um, and that's um, success leaves clues. So try to find other people that are successful, kind of copy success, right? Um, And so, you know, doing an event, I never did one before. So like, what events have I been to? What did I like? What did I not like? Um, You know, what did they do? What did they not do? Kind of things like that. And so um, just trying to copy success. So uh, I went to a bunch of events that I didn't really like that I thought thought were uh, really coming up short. Um, And then ones that I did really like. Um, so like, for example, uh, you know, I remember we were both at uh, Funnel Hacking Live together. Uh, that's probably like, the most incredible event you could ever go to. And of course, they spend... Uh you know, a gazillion dollars on that as well. So like, what could I take from that? And then I go to other like financial conferences, kind of where my niche is and like how boring they are. And, but there's a happy medium there, right? Like they may be boring, but they're still selling a lot of tickets. So spending more money and making it nicer doesn't necessarily make you more money. So like, where's that happy medium? So, you know, looking at the high end, like Russell Brunson's funnel hacking or like a boring financial conference. So trying to kind of figure that out. The other thing is like trying to get the right people. And so uh, for myself, you know, I'm already doing all these different things. So trying to build a team around getting that. So bringing in people that have experience doing that. Um, So bringing in an experienced person to negotiate the hotel contracts and get the rooms and things like that. Um, So those are really key pieces is um, trying to figure out to build the right event, uh, getting the right people around you to help you scale that event up. Um, And then, uh, you know, the the other piece is like, Really, I think setting a, a theme and a story for the event. So like, again, leading with value, what's the value that somebody would get if they attended that event? Why would they come there? And, and, and specifically, why would they come there? And more importantly, what would you hope they would leave with from that event? Um, and so I think if you kind of get those three pieces right, um, you know, then, then it works out pretty good. It seemed to work out pretty good for me. It was my first event. We had almost 500 people there. Um, I was a little bit concerned be, being my first event uh, because I always want to provide so much value. My fear was two things. One, I wouldn't get enough people there and the speakers wouldn't get value. I wanted my speakers to come get value. If they showed up and there was 150 people there, I didn't think they would be happy with that. They weren't going to get the value. But then I wanted to make sure I had the right speakers so that the attendees Got value. And so those were the two kind of biggest concerns that I had. It wasn't really about the money or budget on the first one, um, but it was an overwhelming success. Both the speakers thought it was the best event they've ever been to, the attendees thought it was the best event they've ever been to. Um, and so I, yeah, you know, I nailed those things, I guess.
0: Yeah, you definitely nailed it, man. Um, you created a great experience for everyone involved. I think all stakeholders were, I mean, it's cool to hear. Your psychology on this too it's like hey how do i create a win-win not just for the attendees but for the speakers you know and everyone involved which is really cool
1: yeah well and, the speaker uh, i look at the speakers as like my uh those are like my peers right so if like i want to save face for them uh one i don't look bad but like i said it's not really about status it's more just like i want them to also get value everybody needs to get value out of
0: it yeah definitely one of the things i appreciate that you did is you created like this uh kind of like a vip type lounge area Uh, And it kind of doubled as like a green room too, where the speakers were in there. Also, some of your attendees could pay a little extra to be in there, had all the food taken care of for them, had their own kind of live stream going on in there. And just really just plus experience for, for the speakers and, you know, your, your VIP attendees. That was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Again, right. Trying to just create those experiences, try to provide as much value, try to connect the right people. So then you have like a VIP room that people pay more for. Um, a book that was really instrumental for me was um, a book called 80/20 Sales and Marketing, and I forget the author. Who was it? Perry Marshall? Um, Perry Belcher? I don't. Anyway, uh, but it's 80/20 Sales and Marketing. The point is, is that there's no such thing as an average customer. So a lot of times people will go like, "Well, my average ticket sale is this, or my average customer spends this, or my average whatever." Um, that's a really horrible way to look at it. The point is, is that 20% of your customers wanna pay more, right? 20% of your sales come from 80% or 80% of your sales come from 20% of your customers. And so um, some people wanna pay more. So uh, one financial conference that I have spoken at a couple of times and I won't name them, but uh, they just sell one ticket at one price. But some people wanna pay more because back to that value ladder, that customer journey, some people are willing to pay more to get closer access to you. And so uh, that's why hotels have suites. Right Now, some people just want to pay more for a room. That's why Starbucks sells a coffee machine because they can only sell so much selling cups of coffee. So, hey, how about a $500 coffee machine? And so you try to build these experiences so some people are willing to pay more um, to go into a VIP room. And what happens is now they're in a curated room. Now they're in a room with other people that would have that would spend that much money. Um, And then, you know, you can put the speakers in there with them and things like that. Uh, We also did like a dinner as well, where for, um, I think it was like 500 bucks. Now it's like a thousand bucks. They can have a small group dinner. So intimate, private with the speakers. And again, it's a, it's, it's, it's a qualification, right? So it's like, if you're willing to spend a thousand bucks, that means you're at dinner with other people who are willing to spend a thousand bucks for
0: dinner. And so it just kind of curates that list. Um, And yeah, just provides more value. Yeah, 100%. And uh, yeah, yeah. People pay for proximity as well, right? Proximity is power. They hang around other people who think like them, who act like them, who are willing to invest like they do. Um, yeah, and I stepped over something here, man. You mentioned that you had a fear going into that first event. Like, hey, what if I don't get enough people there? I mean, my speakers won't get value. And I think that's actually a very common fear for people, not just on the first event, but more or less any event <laughs> that people host And and you hit the ball out of the park, you know, almost, I think you had over 500 tickets sold and about 500 people that attended. How did you, how did you go about filling your event? Like what worked for you? Well, uh, first
1: thing I'd say is maybe push back onto what you said, because I don't know if that's what most people think. So I think most people are afraid they're not going to have enough people there, but probably because they're not going to make enough money (laughs) to cover their expenses. Like I said, that wasn't my concern. My concern was I want enough people there just so the speakers could get value. So it wasn't a monetary decision. And so I think that's a, it just, yeah. anyway, small little tweak there. Um, as far as how we got people there, um, the first event was just uh, off my list. I mean, I reach about 2 million people a month across my channels. Um, so Mark Moss on YouTube and just search Mark Moss. You can find me everywhere. Uh, but you know, we're reaching about 2 million people. I have about a hundred thousand people on my email list. And so we just kind of filled it up from there. Um, even that, even that, uh, that being said, it's not that easy to get uh, 500 tickets sold. Um, but yeah, it was mainly just, just organic, uh, you know, email, email lists,
0: um, talking about on my YouTube videos, my podcast, et cetera. Yeah. Awesome. Man. It's great to hear people always wonder like, Hey, you know, how to fill the event. That's like a top of mind question for them. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's marketing, right? It's sales.
1: It's always anybody's question and and it's going to be a different approach for everybody. Um, for that first event, we didn't really run any, any paid ads. We didn't really do any of that. Um, we're doing a little bit more of that on the second event. Um, but yeah, the first event was just kind of, yeah, just, just warm traffic off that list. Um, if you don't have a list, um, I mean, it's probably going to be pretty hard, um, if you don't really have much of a list, you know, maybe you should try to build that up and build up enough goodwill and that, and, and that's a good point. So when I was at the first event, um, I remember maybe it was on day two, and I just had this like overwhelming feeling that just came over me just like this. I was just like overwhelmed with gratitude. And um, I remember just like feeling this just gratitude rush over me and thinking about it. And I, I just thought, I must have put a lot of goodwill into the world to both get these speakers here. So, I mean, I thought I was punching above my weight to get the speakers that were there um, and to get all the people there. And so I just thought, man, I've put a lot of goodwill. I mean, all these people came here for me. All these speakers came and spoke for free. You know, all these attendees came and spent money. Um, And so I guess, you know, if you don't have a list, maybe you haven't put enough goodwill into the world and maybe the event shouldn't be your, your first thing that you're thinking about. Um, but if it is, then you got to figure out how to get customers there. Sales is always the piece to figure out. Um, the one thing I would say is that I haven't done a super good job of it, but you know, one thing I can do better and you could do, if you're just trying to get out, get out is, um, really trying to activate against your speakers. So just cause you sign up the best speakers doesn't mean it's not like a field of dreams where if you build it, they will come so to speak, right? Those speakers aren't going to go sell your event for you. They'll agree to come, but good luck them telling anybody about it. And so really you're going to have to go activate against that. Um, so, you know, there's a million ways we could talk about that, but
0: just know that you have to do that. That's an important point there. That's really valuable. Thank you, Mark, for, for touching on that. And then of course, you know, you do the event, you added tremendous amount of value, tremendous amount of goodwill that you put out there. Uh, and then it came there an opportunity for people to join you to at a higher level, right. As a member of your inside line membership program, and you, you know, you did quite well at your event. I'm curious, not so much on the tactics, because the tactics is universal, with sales and marketing, There's just certain things at work, but more your psychology, like you, Mark Moss, like what was well, when, when it came time to invite people, bring people into your program, what was your psychology that you felt contributed to the success that you had um, at your previous event?
1: What was the psychology that led to the, led to the success?
0: Yeah, just kind of your mindset, you know, around enrollment into your your membership program? Oh, into the inside line group.
1: Yeah. Um, well, again, right. It just always, I I, I just keep coming back to it, but I mean, it's just always about how can I provide more value, right? How can I provide more value? So, um, again, right, people want to get closer proximity to me. Um, I can't give everybody, right, I'm reaching 2 million people a month, so I can't give everybody close proximity to me, so you have to kind of create those filters. Um, And so, you know, I'm doing the best I can with YouTube and podcasts, and then I do reports, and then I have my private group, um, you know, and and so you're just kind of of adding those tiers, and um, it just seemed like um, some people wanted more help. Uh, They wanted more access. Um, Specifically for me, you know, uh, I talk about money and investing, and so they want more strategies on that. Like, you know, who are the best tax guys I can use? Or how is the, what's the best asset strat, asset protection strategies? You know, who can you refer me to that can do this service for me? Um, how can I get in some of these better investing deals, things like that? And so um, I created a group. And, and, you know, one thing I've learned from marketing, probably uh, from Russell Brunson the most, is just uh, like running ask campaigns. So like, just ask your people, what is it they want? Um, and then give it to them. <laughs> Um, a lot of times people are like, what should I sell? I want to sell a product online. I don't know what that product should be. And it's like, the, the answer is you sell what people want to buy. And so, you know, write an ask campaign. So like I knew my audience, they wanted these things for me. I can't give that to everybody. Not everybody not, not everybody could use that information or qualify for those types of deals. And so then how do we, you know, create create a group or or curate a group, right? That can do that. So asked asked and listened. Uh, put together an offer, uh, threw it out there, and
0: um, yeah, a lot of people took up, took it up. Yeah, that's a super valuable tip. We heard that in another interview we did recently, where it's like ask your audience what do they need, what do they want. Oh, yeah. You know, what, what, yeah, and and go off of that, not what what's in our head. That's I think that's a really important point to iterate. Um, so, Mark, you got another event coming up soon here in a few short weeks, and uh, you mentioned yourself earlier in the podcast that you know, the, one of the things that you did to, uh, prepare for your event is you went and studied other people's events as well. So I think that's an amazing opportunity for anyone who's listening to this right now, one to get value for themselves as an attendee, but two, to study from a master, um, you know, maybe, can you just share a little bit about that upcoming event, um, and maybe share an opportunity for our listeners to, to attend. Yeah. So market disruptors
1: market disruptors live.com. And so, uh, kind of the theme behind this is, uh, Market disruptors. And so uh, the whole world is changing right now uh, politically, uh, socially, culturally, obviously financially, and really it's being driven by technology. And so we're seeing all these markets being disrupted. And so old investing ideas and strategies are not going to work in this new world that we're going into. Um, they're already not. Um, the financial system has changed right before our very eyes. Um, While there's a lot of uh, doom and gloom in front of us, I do believe there's massive amount of hope and prosperity on the other side. So uh, in times of turbulence, and times of volatility, um, it creates massive uh, fear and um, massive risk for most people. However, for the few people that are paying attention to it, it's massive opportunity. A good, good analogy to that is that as a surfer, for example, I'm studying storms around uh, around the world, mostly in the South Pacific. And if I see a really, really big storm forming, I know it's going to generate waves, and maybe it's going to send some really big waves to this like, little island. And maybe the people that live on the island are very scared, like, "Oh my gosh, like it's going to wipe us out. It could take out our houses." And maybe people are leaving, people are canceling their trips, they're not going, people are trying to get off the island. I might book a trip to go there because I want to go ride those waves. That's the best thing for me, right? And so if you have the experience, if you have the skill, if you know what you're doing, it could be the best experience of your life. And so in this time of transition, unfortunately for most people, they're going to get wiped out. It's not going to be good for them financially. Uh, But if they're paying attention to the right people and doing the right moves, it could be the biggest opportunity of their life. And that's what this market disruptors event is for. I'm bringing about 15 of the top speakers in the world in their respective niches to kind of tell you what they think is going to happen and what you should be doing about it. Talking about markets, bond markets, stock markets, Um, you know, Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, you know, freedom stuff, health, et cetera. And so uh, anyway, that's what the event is for, market disruptorslive.com. If you want to uh, survive and thrive in this changing uh, market, then it's probably pretty crucial you show up.
0: Yeah, 100%, Mark. Uh, I agree. And uh, I would say anybody who uh, has any inkling of uncertainty (laughs) of what's going on, I uh, should check out the event, and I believe Mark, there is an option for people who, for whatever reason, aren't able to attend in person. They can also watch it from the comfort of their homes as well. Is that is that right? Uh,
1: yeah. Yep.
0: Okay, but obviously proximity is power, and you know, I encourage you to get on a plane or take the drive if if you uh, want to attend the event. But you know, at least I'd encourage you to you know purchase a ticket and watch it from the comfort of your home. Share this information with your friends and family as well. Yeah, I mean, Mark, you, wanna, you, so- you want you
1: want you want to get out there and be there live in person, right? Because uh, it's it's about also building community, right? And so uh, the old saying is, you're you know the five people you hang out with, and and that that that's true. And so um, one thing I learned last year, um, moving, I hadn't moved before in my life, and I moved. I met a bunch of new people, and I just thought people should actually move move because you need to meet new, new people. And so. Um, how do you meet new people that you could, uh, up-level your life with and getting into events like this is one of those ways. So, um, yeah, way more important than just watching from your home. The information is good, but the proximity and the community, the people that's, that's the bigger piece.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We'll include a link in the show notes here as well for people to, to check out the event. And, uh, again, if you're listening to this, highly recommend, uh, click the link, check out the event, you know, make it out there in person if you can, if not, you know, definitely worth, uh, tuning in, uh for the betterment of yourself and your family. So you can take care of those that you love. Mark, thanks so much for being an awesome guest on today's show and sharing you know, your experience uh, in the event space, as well as uh, getting us excited about your upcoming event. Any final comments uh, that you wanna leave with our audience before we wrap up? Uh, you know, I like, to,
1: I like to use a quote from one of my favorite authors, Ayn Rand, and she said that you can choose to ignore reality, but you can't ignore the consequences of reality and so what does that mean well an ostrich can bury its head in the sand but it won't keep it from being eaten and so you can choose to kind of ignore what's going on or not pay attention to what's going on uh both from a political social and a financial level uh but it won't it won't protect you from the from what's happening and so uh that that only you can do that consciously um and so i just encourage everyone to pay attention make the right moves
0: uh for yourself your family and your legacy Awesome, brother. Thank you for those final closing comments. Appreciate you. And uh, that being said, also, if you're listening to this episode, be sure to subscribe uh, and share this episode with someone that you think might find value from the interview with Mark. Thank you, brother. Thanks for being on today. We'll call that a wrap. Thank you for listening to the High Profit Event Show. If you are a seminar leader or thought leader or event service provider who has led or supported profitable, successful events to over 100 people, and you've been effective at enrollment into your high-end coaching, education, mastermind-type programs, we're looking for guests. Love to have you on the show. You can go to our website, virtualeventsalesteam.com click on the podcast tab, and submit an application to be on our show. Also, if you found the show to be valuable, share it with someone who you think might benefit from it. Take a moment, please leave a review, and also subscribe if you haven't already. And lastly, if you have an upcoming uh, event, whether it be virtual or in person, and you'd like to have a conversation about how to fill your coaching, education, mastermind programs fast using events, you're welcome to book a complimentary 15-minute consult with either myself or a member of my team on our website virtualeventsalesteam.com. Again, this is Rudy Rodriguez and congratulations on investing the time to listen to this episode. I hope it's been valuable. Have a great day.